a merging of two people is an impossibility, and where it seems to exist, it is a hemming in, a mutual consent that robs one party or both parties of their fullest freedom and development. But once the realization is accepted that even between the closest people, infinite distances exist, a marvelous living side by side can grow up for them. If they succeed in loving the expanse between them, which gives them the possibility of always seeing each other as a whole and before an immense sky. Jeez, oh, Rilke. It's really good. If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emma. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multiamory Podcast. On this episode of the Multiamory Podcast, we're talking about dirty little secrets and their opposites. Big, clean privacy. Mm. Right? That's not where you thought I was going, huh? You thought it was going to be big, clean transparency or something. But no, we're actually... This episode is focused on the difference between privacy and secrecy, right? Or, or secrets versus private things. What's that all about? And this is something that comes up a lot in marriage advice and in a, a lot of traditional monogamous dating advice, of this question of things like, you know, is snooping okay? We've talked about in other episodes. Um, but even just the idea of do you have privacy at all? Are you an individual person at all? What are your rights to privacy in a relationship? And this is something going way back to the idea that, like, literally when you got married, well, the wife specifically didn't even have any legal rights to any property or privacy of her own. That literally anything that she did or had belonged to her husband. And unfortunately, even in modern conventional dating and marriage advice, we still see a lot of that kind of that idea, that philosophy about it trickling into the way that we talk about these things, which actually can be very troubling. I find it interesting because you're saying conventional. And when I think of like the Mad Men era of things, uh -huh. like there still was this sort of normative thing of like, well, you know, the Don Draper guy would have his privacy and have his secrets mm. but then of course like the sally draper or no not sally that was the daughter betty draper that's the You're one looking at me as though <laughs> yeah. i would know anything <laughs> okay. i love that show but yeah anyways that uh that betty would still have to like you know keep everything uh out in the open for her husband but that he could have some privacy and some secrets so i mm. i appreciate that you said like the woman or the yeah wife had to have more of the secrecy um, out in the open or any privacy that she might have had previously out in the open. Um, but obviously, all of this sort of goes uh, on its head when you're considering multiple partners. Uh, it is like a question of like, what factors do you have to consider in terms of privacy when there are multiple people involved? So things like, how do you respect the privacy of your partners to your other partners? So again, I know that when we were all dating. It was like, well, not everybody wants to know everything about the other person. And it, that's not like our thing to discuss if, if somebody doesn't want us to 
um, kind of disclose specific information. Also, like there's always the question of hierarchy, um, power dynamics that come up with privacy. I and then yeah, we wanted to kind of discuss like what is the difference between privacy and secrecy, and is there really anything out there that is okay to hide from your partner? Yeah, like, I guess the question <clears throat> that kind of we're getting at with this is who gets to decide what is private and what's not Mm -hmm. and in, and in what situations, right? Um, Like Emily's example of, you know, what do you share about one partner with another? And it's that question of like, what is it, what is mine to share Mm -hmm. with my other partner versus what is someone else's privacy that I'm then infringing upon um, by that, right? It's kind of that, I, I think that question of what's, what's yours to share is interesting. However, as we'll probably explore in this, it's possible to err on the other side of using like, well, it wasn't mine to share as an excuse for behavior that I would describe as being secretive or keeping secrets, which is a a negative thing. Yeah. So let's dive in a little bit more philosophically into the difference between privacy and secrecy. And I do want to like... It's just interesting and curious to me that we even struggle with this at all in the context of romantic relationships. Um, I think that in itself serves to be a flag of like, hey, we don't have everything quite figured out because these are really common questions, even among people who are in very traditional, conventional monogamous relationships. Um, And so, you know, I really want to think about like, what does society tell us generally about privacy in relationships in general? I feel like, Uh, My impression anyway, is that we feel collectively a lot more clear about, for instance, issues of privacy in the workplace Mm -hmm. of Hmm. what are the things that it is okay to talk about? What's not okay to talk about? Of course, it's going to change divulging pay or things like that. that. You know, and of course, like that's going to be a little bit different from workplace to workplace, Mm -hmm. what the the culture is there. Um, You know, so it's like there's some arenas where we feel like privacy is pretty clearly defined. But then I do feel like in the arena of romantic relationships that there's a lot of questions around that. And I found this really fascinating quote. um, And this is specifically from a Time Magazine article um, that was about the topic of privacy and relationships and how this is changing. Um, It was an article written by Stephanie Ferryington, which I just love that name because it's like fairy, Uh like like a winged fairy. fairy. Yeah. So it's like fairy. You're just like ferrying around in the town. Ferryington. That's cute. Anyway, uh, she writes... Uh, So this derives from an antediluvian belief that marriage means a kind of merging that renders the very notion of privacy anathema or moot. If the idea of a quote unquote private life outside marriage sounds oxymoronic, it's because we've so thoroughly romanticized the fusion of ourselves with our partners as a kind of testament to the depths of our intimacy. And now, Jace, you kind of previewed this a little bit ahead of time, this idea that you know, marriage starts out as this very transactional contract, Mm. essentially, where, you know, the wife essentially gets kind of subsumed by the husband or the husband's tribe or the husband's family. Becomes part of the family, yeah. Yes, and we already have all this language around to becoming one and this being a union. And so this idea that, like, you would have some kind of individuality or a private life outside of that union 
is fundamentally preposterous. Even taking like a name, the husband's name is in essence like getting rid of the individuality of a person and instead like taking on like we used to say you know oh uh mrs you know bob smith yes mr and mrs bob smith Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah exactly and so i think that's why i think nowadays as not only fewer of us are getting married but i think now that our definitions of marriage is starting to evolve into something that's more about two individuals coming mm-hmm. together as opposed to like one monolith kind of subsuming this like wife figure, you know, into that <laughs> yeah, monolith. Sure. I think that's why we start to have these questions around like, where are the boundaries? Where are the borders? What is okay to still maintain and have private individual as mm-hmm. opposed to what's not? And now, Actually, for me, I started thinking about this a lot a number of years ago when I was kind of in my more formative time thinking about hierarchy specifically, Mm, mm, um, because a lot of like the resources and the people that I talked to who are very pro hierarchy, it was very much from the standpoint of like, well, you need to make choices that prioritize like the relationship. Well, no, the relationship. And like you as a couple are like the deciding factor. You're the deciding (laughs) unit. You know, it's like you as the couple you work together to make decisions that prioritize the relationship. And on the one hand, like I think like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, like on the one hand, I'm like, yes, you should be making, you know, taking actions that prioritize your health uh, as two human beings in a relationship to each other. However, on the other hand, I realized I was like, wait, but that assumes that it's possible to become essentially one flesh with another person. Like that assumes that, we come together and we can function as a hive mind Hmm. where we're always going to agree on the same thing and the same next step forward and that we're going to want the same things. Or simply, if you can't, that the relationship still will trump the individuality of two people and perhaps the wants and needs even of two individuals for the unit. Yes. And so that was the thing I had a hard time wrapping my brain around was it's like, but you, you just like, you can't, you can't become a hive mind with another person like you just can't like inevitably even if you have the best of intentions in a relationship with someone you're gonna run up against a situation where you both want very different things Mm -hmm. and and you're both gonna have a very different opinion of what's good for the relationship or not and like that's okay that's a normal relationship thing but to say that like the union itself yeah means that then you can kind of function in this way and you're always going to make the best choice that's the best for the relationship i th- i think is a little bit troublesome and yeah. so well it's always like what is the best yes. what does that even mean yes yeah. yeah yeah i think i think that's that's an interesting part of the question right mm-hmm. there is i think sometimes people can get caught up in like well is it about the individuals or is it about preserving the relationship and like what about commitment mm. but i think like underneath all of that is what does a good relationship actually mean? Right. And I think that's, it's like getting down past that level of just like one person saying you're, you know, not giving enough individual identity to the people in this relationship and the other person going, well, you're not committed enough to a relationship. Like that Mm. is, it's important to be part of something bigger than just the parts of it. But that underneath all of that, there's this question of just like what actually is good for that relationship and for those people involved and what really is the purpose of this. And I I think it's such a tricky thing because we have a lot of emotional attachment to these things, right? Like that idea of becoming one flesh, um, that's very romanticized to us. 
And we don't, we don't generally think about things like the fact that under the law, coverture was the name for this. Um, but under the law, like literally the woman stopped existing as a separate entity from her husband. They became one, except he was the head of the one. Mm-hmm. Right? He was more one he still than like, she was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. right. So she literally was like a part of him, right? He was Adam and she was his rib. Mm. Sure. Yeah, we've got that imagery Sorry, we're, from we're reading yeah. the Bible, yeah. so I just had to throw that in there. Yeah, like this this example um, here from from an article I was reading was talking about how if if the husband did anything to her, right, injured her, or raped mm. her, or something, she had no legal recourse. Yeah, because quote suing him would be akin to suing herself. Mm. Right, but okay, so like we don't tend to think about that very dark side of this to become one. However, we have all this like romantic attachment that's given to us about the idea of like finding your soulmate or finding the one, you you know, someone who completes you, these sorts of things. And it's like, it's, it's almost like you've been told over and over again that this is romantic and this is good. And so you're just like, yeah, it must be. That's what I want, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And that people will hear us being real logical about things and go, but you're taking the romance out of it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, well... (laughs) Like the the romance is there just because you were told it was. Yeah, exactly. Let's put some thought into this. It's 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 this whole okay to to bring it back to the idea of privacy is that it's like if you have this very romantic notion of like we become one person, there's no barriers between us whatsoever. There's total free flow of information. That means that we cannot hold on to the hallmarks of ourselves being individuals. Mm -hmm. You know that Mm. in theory that means you share absolutely everything and your partner shares absolutely everything with you. And that's like the most romantic version possible. Yeah. And like, even when I hear it, like I still think there's a part of it that still feels romantic. I think that I can tend to latch mm. more onto the, the side of like, Oh, how romantic the idea that, you know, this person sees you warts and all and loves that, every bit of you. That is a nice part of it. But the yeah. question is if they do know everything about you, are they going to still love every single inch of who you are. Well, yeah, but that's, I think, a a thing. Because, yeah, some of the articles that we read, I really, really liked that one from, it was the Jewish, I'm not sure, but it was so, it was so good. And it was talking about, like, how, you know, things might come up that will bug or or hurt, like, a person. And, uh, you know, if you're at a dinner party and all of a sudden, like, you know, a um, friend brings something up that like is hard for the wife to hear or hard to talk about. And then the husband will be like, hey, we don't talk about that in house. Like we're going to need to change the subject because that's something that we don't discuss here. Even mm-hmm. if he himself doesn't exactly know why that is so challenging for her, like he kind of uh, aids her in that private part of herself. Mm-hmm. And I really like loved that, that points that they were trying to make it was quite beautiful yeah the the let's see where was the where was the quote were you finding it yeah um uh, i guess i don't have that particular quote but there was one part of that article where he was talking about kind of the role of a husband and wife is to protect the other person's privacy yeah, yeah. rather than to invade it and demand that it be accessible to them at all times. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. of course, great. like swap out husband and wife for like whatever for whomever. configuration yeah. This was written on a, on a fairly traditional, well, yeah. liberal, but traditional uh, Jewish theology website. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. So anyway, obviously from, from more of that traditional marriage point of view, but I like that idea mm-hmm. of, 
of, and kind of like Emily's example of, of saying like, you know, we, we don't talk about that rather than joining in the like prying and being like, yeah, what is it? You know, which I've definitely heard that narrative as well. Like, we know that you don't like talking about that, but come on, like you need to be vulnerable in this moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you're going to talk about a poet. Yeah. Can I read you a poem? Oh, I mean, it, a it part is of a poem. poem. It, is it a poem that you wrote? It is not a poem that, that I wrote. That would be impressive. That would be, that would be quite impressive if I wrote this poem. Uh, so this is by Rilke. Um, Reine Maria Rilke. One of my is favorites. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, German, German poet from German, yeah. some time ago. Uh, from, this is from Letters to a Young Poet. Uh, so a little Which bit longer. His seminal work. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The point of marriage is not to create a quick commonality by tearing down all boundaries. On the contrary, a good marriage is one in which each partner appoints the other to be the guardian of Mm. his solitude, Mm. and thus they show each other the greatest possible trust. A merging of two people is an impossibility, and where it seems to exist, it is a hemming in, a mutual consent that robs one party or both parties of their fullest freedom and development. But once the realization is accepted that even between the closest people, infinite distances exist, a marvelous living side by side can grow up for them. If they succeed in loving the expanse between them, which gives them the possibility of always seeing each other as a whole and before an immense sky. Jeez, oh, Rilke. It's really good. It's, it's really nice. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. But it's also just, again, like that article said, it's essentially... I caring for a person regardless of the things about them that you may question or may not necessarily be as fond of or be like, why do they keep that from me? Why do they keep that from people? Mm. Instead, just Mm. accepting them Mm -hmm. as they are. And I think that's, wow, like how many, how many people in our life can we say do that actually for us? I guess Mm. that's the goal. Yeah, that's yeah. If yeah. there is a goal, then that is <laughs> it. Is a goal, yeah. Hashtag, hashtag Maybe relationship for me, goals. Yeah. yeah. Well, this quote reminds me of um, actually something that a Buddhist teacher told me once, um, and it was it was within like the context of a private counseling session that I was having with this mm. person, and I was kind of in the midst of NRE, but it was kind of NRE that was on the cusp of like the rude awakening when you're starting to see that this person's an actual person and Uh maybe it hurts a little bit for both of you. And anyway, I was just like, you know, so torn up because I'm like, I really love this person. I really want to be close to them, but it feels scary, you know, yada, yada, yada. But this, um, this teacher, she told me, you know, like when we do open our hearts to someone, it's not the traditional sense of like two hearts merging together and becoming one it's you know two hearts who kind of learn to respect the other heart's solitude she was mm. also very poetic wow. <laughs> um, yeah. were you like Poof. yeah basically <laughs> yeah. i was like mind blown um i yeah. wrote it down oh, and and yeah that's stuck with me ever since then and i will say it's challenging for me because the fact that i'm someone when I enter into relationship in general, I tend to be pretty reserved. Mm. I tend to play my cards pretty close to the chest. I tend to be a pretty private and not a very open person. Um, And I try to counteract that, you know, I try to be more vulnerable and like open myself up to people. Um, However, I have also been criticized for that from some people, some people saying that I'm too closed off or I'm not open enough or there's things that I'm not sharing. And that's always, I've always felt like I've struggled with that. The struggled between sometimes being like, Oh God, they're right. Like I just need to not be so private. I need to open myself up. I need to lay it all out on the table. And sometimes 
other, you know, at other times being like, no, <laughs> it's you. okay. <laughs> it's okay for me to, to have some privacy. It's mm-hmm. okay for me to have some things that are reserved, but there's okay for, it's okay for me to not want to like talk about absolutely everything all at once. Yeah. Um, uh, to quote a show that we're all familiar uh, familiar oh, with the which? last five years, <gasps> that line, <gasps> all that I ask for is one little corner, one private room at the back, back of my, of my heart. heart. That line, oh, I want to get God. that line tattooed on my forehead. Oh, or it's so Symbolically, metaphorically tattooed. Because <laughs> I like, really I relate to it so much. Um, you know, this idea of like, yes, I want to love someone, but I also feel like I need somewhere in my heart that is like just for me. Tell her I found one. She sends out the Italians uh-huh, to, to claim it and, and blow, blow it apart. apart. Yes. Yikes. Oh, God. It's such a good song. Um, Yikes. I know. I, that was my favorite song to sing in that show when I played Jamie. It's it's a beautiful song. But anyway, but I, like I so relate to that. But I feel like that's always been my struggle is because, Ugh. you know, I think we've romanticized this notion of like when you're with someone, you just like lay everything out there and lay it all bare, yeah. you know, and anything less means that like you're not committed or you're scared or or whatever. And sometimes for me, that's true, but sometimes it's not. Yeah. I mean, I want to kind of delve into that question of like secrecy versus privacy, because I Mm -hmm. think that, as you were saying, that's something that you sort of question. And it's like, well, what things am I holding close to the chest just because, well, I I don't want to be vulnerable or I don't want to put myself out there or, you know, this is something that I don't want people to know about me versus like, this is a trauma or this is a thing in my life Mm -hmm. that I need to keep close to myself because I don't want everyone to know about it. So yeah, okay. I think what differentiates between a secret and something that's private is sometimes about intent, um, about like a possibility of something affecting someone or hurting Mm. someone else. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I mean, like private things can, if they are eventually told to a person, they can kind of give some sort of insight into who that person is and like what they've been through things that uh it, it, that make them tick in a way that maybe like immediately you wouldn't know about them mm. yeah i mean like there is something like, like we're not trying to say in all of this that the most romantic relationship is one where you never share anything and you're totally private sure right? it's <laughs> that that sharing of private stuff like is very intimate and mm-hmm. does give you insights into this person and over the course of knowing someone, you will get to know more of those private things, especially if you show yourself to be a person who can be trusted yeah. with that kind of private information. Not only just trusted not to share it, but also trusted not to um, attack them for it or to, mm. you Use know, shame them, them for it. Or, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. They they were talking in some of the articles that we read, um, like private things are like unobserved things versus hidden things that may be actively hidden. Yeah. Mm. Actively hidden or actively, I guess things that might actively harm or hurt another person, which often can be like those things that we would construe as being secret. Mm. And also like if you're hiding something out of fear, out of fear of like what it will do to another person, what it might do to you, if that thing were told, then perhaps that, could be considered as a secret versus private. Yeah, I think I that's a hard metric to go by because <clears throat> on the one hand, I'm like, well, there's some like private things about myself mm-hmm. that the idea of sharing them 
feel scary. Like I feel fearful, but more, I guess more because of like, I'm afraid of how it's going to reflect on me or I'm afraid of having to just talk about or like emotional a, vulnerable, vulnerable yeah. things. But then at the same time, I can also hold a secret where it's like, cause I'm afraid that this is going to have a huge impact on this person, or I'm afraid that they're going to leave me or I'm afraid yeah. that, I don't know. So it's, I feel like there can be fear with both of them. But it feels like one thing is more directed inward as opposed to outward. Yeah, because possibly. you just said that you were like, I'm afraid that someone might leave me or that they will think mm. of me differently if they knew it versus like, I don't know if I personally want to go there, want a person, you know, or even want to like relive the experience that, that is private to me. Yeah. 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 It's such a fine line sometimes. It can be. Yeah. yeah. And so this, this definitely isn't something that we can like define and be like, if it meets these characteristics, it's a secret and it's bad. Or if it's these, then it's private and it's okay. Because it, it really does depend on context, mm-hmm. right? Um, that, you know, there, there are things that, and we're going to try to get into kind of more specific examples of th- some things in the second half of this episode, but stuff where in one context with one person in your life, this might just be private. It's like, this is about me. This is something yeah. about me. I don't know if I want to share it or not, but it's, but it's private mm-hmm. um, versus in another situation, right at the same time, but with a different person, that might be something you're keeping from them that does directly have an effect on their life. And mm. that you could make the argument that you are, causing them harm or setting them up for future harm by not telling them this thing by actively keeping it secret. Yeah. Um, right. You know, so like kind of like setting someone else up for harm directly or indirectly. Mm, right. By not telling them. Right. Mm. And I feel like that's kind of one of those things that it's not just like this thing is always private and, and so it's okay to keep it to yourself and this thing's always not, but it does depend on the situation on how it affects their life. Um, you know, how, how you, I guess, know this information, like what, what that understanding is about how much you would communicate with them, mm-hmm. uh, which is why we always try to encourage people to be as explicit as possible with each other about what types of things we do want to know mm. and not, or what things we expect to tell each other mm-hmm. in a timely manner versus what things are okay to just as they come up, like, especially in terms of other partners and what you right. do with them. For yeah. some people that might feel like you kept a secret cause you didn't tell me that you had sex with this person last night. And for another person, it would be like, Oh no, that's your private business. That's, that's fine with me. If I asked you and you said no, then that that would have been a lie. lie. And then then it feels bad. You know, so it's like having a clearer expectation can help make that distinction clearer about what's private versus what's a secret. Yeah. Um, But sometimes we can just fall into not having those conversations just because right. they're uncomfortable or we want to, I don't know, maybe we're just too afraid to have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a great blog called Young at Heart as in Carl Young. And on this blog, there was a, a cool quote that we're going to read you right now. It is, we keep something secret because we believe the cost of telling is so high that it's virtually not a choice at all. Privacy is voluntary. Secrecy is not. Whoa. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, that I think is you could, de- really you could yeah. definitely debate that one. But I agree, that, but that is a really interesting observation of that part of what motivates a person to keep a secret is this perception of like, there's just no way that I could tell because the cost is so high. And so yeah. I don't have any choice. Yeah. Yeah. To keep it a secret. Secret. yeah. yeah. In that, in that same article, she mentioned um, some quotes from Carl Jung 
um, who is talking about like keeping secrets it kind of has this like psychological um, damage that it does to you over time, like to yourself, like this psychological harm you're causing yourself by keeping a secret. Yeah. And so it's that like the, the pain of divulging it versus sort of the pain you're causing yourself by keeping it secret mm. again, debatable, but it is kind of an interesting way to think about it. Like that is an interesting way to sort of gain some introspection into like, how do I, how do I really feel about this thing? How do I, how do I come down on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I think that is an interesting invitation to analyze yourself and look inward and kind of see if you can really get real with yourself, I suppose, mm. and be like, this thing, does it feel more like a secret or does it feel more like privacy? And that, I think that requires a very high level of being honest with yourself, sure. <laughs> you yeah. know, to be able to be like, mm, actually, like this feels like I'm hanging on to a secret more so. Yeah, than that's the next level shit, but yeah. definitely <laughs> important to to question within oneself. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're going to in the second half of this episode talk about things that you might want to keep private, things that you might not want to keep secret, and then kind of what happens if you screw up and invade someone's privacy. Uh, what to do in those scenarios. So we came up with a couple lists of just suggestions. And I'm going to give the disclaimer first and foremost that these are just suggestions from us. These things are going to differ depending on your situation, mm -hmm. depending on your needs, depending on your context, depending on your level of safety. Like, So please do not take this list as this is like the official black and white multi Emory list of these are the things you keep private. And these are the things that you tell the you world have to do that. You know, uh -huh. um, yeah. Please do not interpret it that way. These are just kind of some guidelines that may change depending on your circumstances. Yeah. So, okay. Some things that you might want to keep private. Uh, the first one definitely falls under that category of like, this is based on your specific situation. But something that you might want to keep private is the STI statuses of specific people in your life without their consent. Mm. Um, with their consent, if you feel like, you know, that's something that everyone has agreed upon talking about to multiple partners, then that's one thing. But without the consent, definitely don't just assume that this is a thing that somebody would be comfortable with. Yeah. Can we talk about this one for a moment? Please. Because I think this one's big. Well, we this are going to talk about it again a little later before we, we people are. send us angry emails about no saying about keeping it <laughs> private. Yeah. Well, okay, sure. We'll talk about it later then. Well, okay. Oh, okay. Also, I mean, so for example, as in... It could be anything of like your best friend discloses their STI status to you and you just go ahead and blab that to your partner. And you're like, oh my God, guess like, what? Guess who has right. what <laughs> or yeah. whatever, mm -hmm. you know, or could be, you know, between your partners. Um, mm -hmm. And again, again, before you send us angry emails and tweets, we are going to be addressing disclosure of sexual health later on in this episode. So just hang tight. No, yeah. Um, okay, another thing that you might want to keep private are people or partners uh, sharing of past trauma that they had in their lives. Again, mm -hmm. yeah, I think this one is pretty, pretty explanatory. Like, that's probably not something that you're going to want to go blabbing to other people about. But Again, people do 100%. Like, no, yes. totally. With, with partners, there's like this assumption that anything that's told to me, 
I can tell to my partner. Everybody else gets to know. Yeah. 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 And some people are, are, you know, more on the blabbing spectrum than others. Uh, But, but, you know, that is something that people assume. And it's definitely something I assume too. It's like, well, yeah, like, but they're the person it's okay to share stuff with because they're my romantic partner. Yeah. And somehow that doesn't count as telling someone else. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, again, uh, other people's physical or mental health, um, statuses, issues. Yeah. Anything that goes along with that, uh, that's probably not something that you would want to divulge to your partners, to your friends, to your family. Again, unless they've given you consent that like, this is okay to talk about, or they themselves are like very open in public about, but don't just assume automatically i'd say ask the question before assuming that it's okay to go out and tell other people about things that are happening with your partner yeah i would even i would i've I've even read some stuff where people talk about um it's also your right to keep private your own physical or mental health issues yeah, yeah. um if it's not something that's going to you know cause harm to your partner that mm-hmm. that isn't something you're actually required to tell them about if you don't want to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's an interesting one um, that, that a lot of times as neurotypical and physically able people, we don't think about, um, Yeah, but that is something that, that, you know, that if it's not affecting them, you don't necessarily have to tell them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, things like correspondence or emails or text messages that were shared under assumed confidence, mm-hmm. uh, something really intense happened with, you know, your mother or whatever. And then all of a sudden you go and like blab about uh, that to another partner, then perhaps, yeah, that's, that's not an okay thing. Mm -hmm. Again, without consent, not, not something that you should just assume you can do. Yeah. That assumed confidence is such an interesting qualifier. You know what I mean? Assumed confidence. I mean, that is hard. That's something I think everyone should err on the side of caution. I can tell myself to do this far more as well. Yeah, I was going to say me too. I yeah. think I need to be better about this one. Yeah. But, but just the, the fact that like in a relationship, especially if it's potentially something traumatic in any way mm-hmm. to just to err on the side of caution and say like, Hey, like maybe I'm, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let, you know, so-and-so tell you about this instead of me telling you about it. Mm-hmm. Even if like, you know, you know that, oh, your friend or your uh, metamor is like having a big talk with their partner and you're like, oh, how did it go mm-hmm. with that person? If if you were to say like, hey, you know, I'm I'm I know what happened, but I'm going to let them talk to you about it instead of me divulging their private conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really like that, actually, when I came yeah, across that I think that you do phrasing, that a lot and, and it's great, Jess. That Yeah, that phrasing of mm-hmm. um, I actually had someone say gosh, where was it? We were at some sort of um, polyamory meetup or a discussion group or something. And someone was talking to me about Dedeker and was asking Mm. some question about her and maybe even about Emily too. It might've, I can't remember if it was about my relationship with Dedeker or if it was about us as a podcast, but they were asking kind of our opinions on something. Mm. And um, and I, I didn't even like think I was doing something big at the time, but I was like, well, you'd have to ask them to get like their specific opinions, yeah. but this is mine and I'm pretty sure they agree with me, but you, you should talk to them and find out for sure. That's great. And this person told me later, they were like, that blew my mind. They were like, Aww. that was so cool. Um, and I just hadn't even considered that before. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I did think 
that that idea of like, I guess, yeah, who's whose is this to share or, you know, kind of what information can I speak on with authority versus what can't I? Right. Yeah. Um, again, we'll just continue on this list. So things like relationship problems or communication issues that don't have an effect on other people or partners, probably keep that to yourself. Mm. Again, I mean, I think uh, this is difficult because I think that friends do this a lot. And then even potentially multiple partners can do, do this. Like if there are communication issues, if there are specific issues within the relationship, you might go like try to talk to your other partners about it and try to get like mm -hmm. some good advice even. And it can be a little bit, uh, it can just be, you know, it, it, like, oh, I, I need some advice and you're my friend and I'm going to talk to you about it. But that can be negative in a lot of ways. And mm -hmm. that can be a thing that causes your other partners to be like, I don't like this person because mm -hmm. all that you talk to me about them is, you know, they're, shitty communication habits and mm. so that's definitely something to maybe be mindful of that potential well i think it really means needing to be mindful of what are the things that are going on in my life or with this you know in this one relationship that's affecting my other relationship or other partner versus mm. what's not you know because yeah. there's a difference between like, oh, I don't know, like myself and this partner, we get into arguments about level of cleanliness in the house all the time. But sure. that literally has like zero impact on my other partner. So like, yeah. so I don't need to Talk dredge to that up about to it. like vent about it or gossip about it or whatever. Yeah. With the advice thing, that's also a little bit difficult. I feel like that's kind of a context dependent situation. Yeah. But versus if I have some like ongoing fights or like ongoing systemic communication issues with a partner and it's like really bumming me out and it means that I'm really distracted when I go hang out with my other partner or I'm really stressed or angry or whatever, then it's kind of like that's starting to spill over into the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess then also the question of how specific are you yeah, in too. what That's you're sharing yeah. about yeah. someone else? Like what's yours to share? Yeah. The I fact mean, that it, I'm having a communication issue, that's mine to share. But what specifically might be going on for my partner maybe yeah. isn't. It just mm -hmm. depends. Yes, they're right? like having a ton of shit happened at work or they just got laid off or something like that. And that's causing a communication issue or, or causing them to maybe be shittier than normal. I don't even know, mm -hmm. you know, for an example. Um, but maybe that's not necessarily yours to tell. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's hard, it's hard to come down. It's a come. Yeah. yeah it's a, On it's a case by case basis yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. And then finally the last uh, one that of things that you might want to keep private that we have, there are probably many, many others, but yes. uh, your other partner's specific sexual preferences, fetishes or interests. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, that's definitely kind of one to keep private. That's not something that you that should just go blind. I think that also if like friends as yeah. well share with you totally. their sexual preferences or fetishes or, or whatever, that that's also not something to necessarily yeah. just talk about. Whoever. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I think this one's so interesting too because... For for some people that you know, they might be like, yeah, of course. Like, I like, talk I about that with anyone. Whatever. Like, go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. And, and even for you, like, you might be the person who's like, oh, that's whatever. Like, no mm -hmm. one would judge anyone for that. Or if they did, fuck them. Like, so I would say that to whoever. And you can tell that to whoever. And so you might share that thing with a friend. And then your partner is super upset about that. Yeah. Right? Like, they feel very betrayed. Like, you've oh, revealed yeah, something yeah, that yeah, they're yeah. not okay with sharing. Yeah. Whereas for you, it's no big deal, right? I think that's that's a big one. I, I did want to add to this one is stuff like other people's gender identity. 
oh, or like yeah. their or yeah. their gender history or sort yeah. of their gender story. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from just like this is my friend who is uses these pronouns, but mm-hmm. like giving whatever backstory about them mm-hmm. might not be yours to share. Right? Again, it's you want to know like talking to them, ask them, yeah. hey, is this. If I talk to someone, is that okay that I mention that? Would you prefer to keep it secret? What is it? Yeah. Um, if that is someone who you're close enough to ask those sorts of things. Otherwise, just let them be the one who shares that themselves. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So again, that was just our list of suggestions. As you can tell from the way we discussed it, a lot of these things are debatable. A lot Mm -hmm. of these things can be context specific. So these are just kind of some general guidelines. And we also wanted to talk about some things that you may not want to keep a secret. And um, coming in at number one, (laughs) (laughs) the opposite of the other thing that we just talked about. Again, deja vu, SDI status, particularly when it affects other people. Um, so again, is this more specific to you? What do you mean? Like, like meaning like your own personal STI status. I think that definitely counts. Yeah. You know, I think that definitely counts, you know, because your own personal STI status is going to affect the people that you choose to have sex with yeah. or choose to have some kind of sexual contact with. Um, there was a recent discussion about this in the patron group of like, mm. how do I maintain open communication in order to preserve and help uphold everyone's sexual health, but also not violate people's privacy because yeah. some people are like, yeah, this is my status or, or I have, you know, HSV two or mm-hmm. I have this or I have that, but I don't want you to necessarily go around and tell everyone. Yeah. Um, and so some people came up with some interesting creative solutions. You know, some people said that they really try to get ahead of it by just early on in a relationship, say like, Hey, just so you know, like this is kind of my risk profile when it comes to having sex. Like, you know, I'm willing to sleep with people who have such and such STIs, Mm -hmm. you know, provided that we use barriers, for instance, as an example, so that you just, so that this person just knows like, okay, you know, I don't know specifically if there's someone in your polycule that has, you know, is positive for something or not, but I just know that like, if that's the case, then that's what your choices as far as how you manage that risk and that's going to be different for different people um so that works in some situations other people pointed out that it's like well if you only have like two people in your polycule and you're just like i'm sleeping someone has hpv you know and they're like well we can kind of narrow it down you know so so that doesn't necessarily that approach doesn't necessarily work for other people um this is definitely a kind of thing where if you're not sure you know Mm -hmm. of course just like communicate more than you think that you do like you know ask the person who disclosed their sti status to you let them know like hey you know, this is something that I feel like is important to convey to my other partner that I'm having sex with, you know, what's the best way that you would like me to convey that to this person? Um, You know, so it may be something that also needs to be negotiated, but, but the solution is not, let's not talk about it and keep it secret in any regard. Right. I I, I did want to go into that a little more of that thing of, you know, there's one thing to say, like, ask them about how they would prefer that you shared that with your partners or, or whatever. But if your situation is one where either because of your own personal values or because of an established agreement that you have with an existing partner, that this is something that you will disclose to them. Mm -hmm. This is something you talk about before you have the sex with the new partner. And that's the part that I think a lot of people miss because they're like, oh, well, you know, I made my Uh, decision. I had sex with them and they don't want me to tell like they're just not comfortable with that. So then I'm not going to and I'm justifying it by saying, well, they didn't want to. 
but to my other partner, that is a secret. That's a betrayal because that's something they expect me to share. And it's also something that affects them. And it's something that affects them. Right. So having that kind of actually having the responsibility to at the time be like, okay, like that, that is fine with me. This is something that I will want to disclose to my partner. If we do have sex, if we don't, or if we don't have certain types of sex, you know, whatever your agreement is, Mm -hmm. if we don't, obviously I'm not going to tell them because that's none of their business. But you know, if, you know, kind of to, to be as upfront as possible about that. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store, and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. Is something I feel like a lot of people just forget that that option exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of just like being being that explicit about it. I think I think people like to pretend it doesn't exist because that one involves a situation where you don't have sex. Mm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Well, I feel like just in general, having discussions very early on about how disclosure works in your Mm -hmm. relationships is an important, really intentional conversation to have with people just so that they know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So again, uh, another thing you may not, not, not necessarily want to keep secret and notice how I stuttered and said not Not, three times. Just really emphasize it. Triple negative. (laughs) Not, 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 not. Um, (laughs) Some things that you may not want to keep secret. One of those things uh, are your personal boundaries. 
Um, and this is also tricky because sometimes with our boundaries, it's an ongoing process of learning about them. Yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. we don't learn about them until they're bumped up again. So they're like, Ooh, wow, that's a boundary. Didn't know. Um, mm-hmm. Still best to not keep it to yourself. You know, do what you can to express these things proactively, have conversations about these things with your partners or yeah. with the people close to you. Um, other things you may not want to keep secret, your future plans, your dreams, your hopes, you know, do you even s- for the relationship? Yeah, yeah, for the relationship itself, or like, do you see yourself wanting to, you know, land a job in a particular field and moving across the country, or do you see yourself wanting to have five kids someday, or no kids, or, you know, like those are things that are. I know that everyone always gets kind of turned off by like, oh, you can't discuss those things like so early on in a relationship. People will get scared thinking mm-hmm. that you're like trying to get them to marry them or something like that. Um, there's ways to talk about your future plans and your future intentions without it being a weird, creepy like. I've I've tracked out the next 20 years of our relationship, even yeah. though we've only been on two dates. You know, like there yeah. are ways to talk about it. And then in year five <laughs> is when we move to our new house in uh-huh. Provence. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Provence. Yes. We- um, other things that you may not want to keep secret, um, talking about what kind of relationship structure you want to have. Um, and again, this is another one that I think requires a really high level of self-honesty. Yeah. And self-awareness of, you know, for instance, you know, I know some people who are like, well, I'm okay to be non-monogamous now, but eventually, like, I do feel like I would probably, you know, once I get older, maybe once I want to have kids or whatever, I'd kind of want to settle down and maybe be monogamous again. And like, that's great, you know, just talk about that. Or people who feel the opposite of like, you know, I kind of want to be monogamous now, but I would love to see us open up later on and then have it look Mm -hmm. this particular way and that's okay you know just don't don't keep that no secret yeah (laughs) exactly yeah um another one that we've talked about before on this podcast is sharing how you feel about your other partners um and this specifically tends to come up when you're really falling heavily for someone or you are really into them or even if you just have gone on like a first date Mm. Well, yeah, I'm not even talking about their existence, but just like how you feel about them. Well, yeah, no, I mean, like, we've talked about this, just like how people would go on first dates and then come home and be like, I don't know, it was okay, whatever. Right, kind of downplaying it. Yeah, downplaying it instead of being like, you know what, I had a really great time. Or I've also seen with someone that you're just going on, uh, you know, the first few dates with, of kind of trying to like downplay the seriousness of your existing relationships mm, yeah. if they're someone who's new to polyamory because yeah. you don't want to freak them out. And it's just that never ends up serving you or them. Like really, this is just setting both of you up for a lot more hurt down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so just just don't like be be as honest and clear about that as possible and, and respect other people to make their own decisions about that instead yeah. of making the decision of, 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 you know, like making the decision of whether or not they want to be in a relationship with you rather than making that your decision, that's their decision. Mm, yeah. Because mm-hmm. if I want to get super, uh, I don't know, abstract about it. Um, another one would be, um, addiction or substance abuse problems mm. for yourself. Uh, again, not, not sharing those about other people necessarily, unless you're um, you know, in a situation where you're in danger or something and are, are looking for help, obviously. Um, but yeah, sharing those is, you know, it's the first step. It's that's, um, you know, how you can work on that. And that is also something that arguably can affect them very seriously as well. Um, so, yeah, yeah. 
let's see, what do we have next here? Uh, so your own physical illnesses or mental health issues that do have an effect on people close to you. We had this also yeah, yeah, in, in the, the other part, categories. Yeah. So, I mean, use your discretion, I think, with this one. Again, if there are certain things like, you know, oh, I'm dyslexic or something. And you're like, I don't necessarily need to tell anyone that. That can be a private thing. Hmm. It's not going to necessarily hurt or harm anyone that you're dating to know that. And if you want to keep that private, then I think that's probably fine, but yeah, like it can fall into that category of stuff that's private that Mm -hmm. when you do share it with them, it's about building intimacy and connection rather than something you're sharing because you have to, Yeah, Mm. you know? Yeah. Um, And then the last one we have on this list here is just about other relationships that you maintain contact with or that you stay in contact with. Um, whether platonic or romantic, but just if there's a person who's significant enough in your life that you maintain regular contact with them, even if that regular is only once every couple months or something, that to just like leave that person uh-huh. out yeah. from uh. from a partner who is kind of a more uh, established partner who does know a lot more about the goings on in your life. That's one of those things that's like... Um, I guess Dedeker's favorite, uh, you know, don't tie your shoes in a watermelon field kind of situation where even if there's nothing untoward going on, don't, you don't want to do something that's going to give the appearance of that. That just doesn't make sense, you know? So Mm -hmm. just try to to be, be upfront and be honest about this. I think also if you're noticing that there's some kind of relationship in Mm. your life that you feel the impulse to be more secretive about or to not talk to your partner about, just get curious about that of like, why is that? Yeah, yeah, that's you know, a great, yeah. Is there some example. kind of fear there, you know, is there some kind of fear of some reaction from a partner or whatever, you know, just kind of follow that as a little, as a little clue, well, essentially, well, well. a little clue to dig a little deeper and get a little more information about yourself. Yeah, exactly. So y'all, how can we fuck this up? <laughs> so many ways. God knows we've we all, all have. It, yeah. We've mm-hmm. all fucked it up many times. Um, yeah. Uh, we talked, you know, we sprinkled in some examples as we talked about this, but things like sharing information that wasn't yours to share. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Again, sometimes, again, we're so socialized to assume that it's like, well, if, this, if I'm in a close romantic relationship with someone, it's okay to share whatever with them, you yeah. know, the, all the gossip about my friends or other partners or mm-hmm. whatever, because we don't keep anything from each other and it's so romantic. Um, but just that. So sometimes because of that habit, I know I've definitely shared stuff and not even realized till later, like, ooh, yeah. Actually, well, maybe I shouldn't, I have, shouldn't have talked yeah. about that. Mm, mm-hmm. Maybe that was a, a little bit of a, a violation or going a little too far. Yeah. Um, sometimes you can fuck it up accidentally by accidentally eavesdrop dropping or happening to see a message on mm-hmm. someone's phone or on their computer or whatever. You know, there can be an unintentional fuck up here of like kind of just becoming part of some kind of private correspondence um, by accident. Uh, And then on the opposite side, you can choose to not share something that does actually need to be shared. You know, we can tell lies of omission Mm -hmm, as well. And we talked about some of those already. Um, uh, We can go even more egregious, such as, um, as Emily wrote here, snooping and duping, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which we decided snooping, fairly obvious, you know, snooping when you're intentionally going in and like digging through a partner's private things, private text, private email, stuff like that. Um, we decided that duping was then... Um, duping them. Well, was like then... They're, they're duped. Was then to go and pretend like you didn't snoop, but still kind of get mad at your partner anyway, or like pretend to find out 
some kind through of incriminating another information way, yeah. through another way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then it's actually you. But actually, you, it's because you, you snooped and, and you, you duped your partner. Snooping, yeah. snooping and duping. Um, <laughs> I think things like demanding information from a partner. Um, I, I've been guilty of this because I've definitely fallen prey to this idea of like, if I just know everything about a situation or if I just know everything about a partner, if I just know everything about my partner's other partner, Mm. then I won't be surprised. I can't be caught off guard. I can stay in control of the situation. Mm. Um, that's definitely where some like hierarchy and power dynamics come into play. I know it did for me. Um, back you know, in the, the day. Yeah. Back in the day of this idea of like, well, if I'm the one who knows the most information, then I can be in control. Then I um, have the most power. Yeah. Cause then I, it, you know, if, if, yeah. if this person's privacy gets sacrificed to me, then yeah, I have the most power mm. essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That was something that was brought up in, in one of the articles we were reading for this too, is that idea that, um, yeah, that basically like you maintain power by not letting other people know everything about you and that you try to take power from people by mm. trying to get all their yeah. information by like, and That's it makes really the argument of like, um, like a, a peeping Tom. Yeah. It's about mm. like having power over that person um, because mm. you're getting to insight into them that they didn't want to give you. Right. And right. sort of as a way of having power over someone. I thought I just thought it was an interesting kind of, philosophical way to look at that that i hadn't really considered before yeah, yeah. that is interesting but, but it may, and it fits with what you were just saying right there mm-hmm. yeah so when you do fuck up what happens what do you do then and it's interesting because we try to find some good like information on this and when you type in like what what do you do when you're pri- when you invade someone's privacy mm. and automatically it's like you know it talks about, okay, well, when your privacy is invaded on Facebook or when, you know, mm. here's how to sue for invasion of privacy and As stuff like you're that. The victim of exactly. And I'm like, okay, okay. Clearly there's not a lot of information or good information out there. You know what? This yes. just sparked a memory for me that way back in the day when we did the episode on snooping. Yeah, which you know, in the, which James 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 we said James again. <laughs> Dedeker said James earlier. And early, like, yeah, early today really? for some reason I like accidentally called someone James also. And it's you were like, like so did not me though. Someone no, it else. wasn't you. It was someone else. There's some. There's some. There's the spirit of James is yeah. trying to yeah. inf- infiltrate the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we're on to you, James. I yeah. know. <laughs> Who are you? Um, but uh, Jace, mm-hmm. what did he say? Yeah. What was I? What? <laughs> what did he say? What did he do? Oh, oh! If you want to snoop, keep That's your partner the, in the loop. Yes. Yeah. So, but you made your your uh, cool, very cool your 90s t-shirt. t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> way back in the day when we made that episode, I think I posted on the like polyamory subreddit, mm. asking people for their experience experiences of like you know, when you've snooped on someone or invaded someone's privacy, like how did you rectify that with your partner? Or like, how did mm. you, the two of you heal that? Or or how did you come to terms with it? And a lot of people responded with like, well, when I snooped on my partner, I found that they were doing this and that. Yeah, and then and I, I broke up with the them right. and it was okay. And yeah, I'm exactly. like, oh, it is this kind of weird, like ends justify the means. Well, exactly. But... It's, it's like not, not saying that, okay, well, Maybe, yes, something occurred that was not good, but I also was in the wrong in a way. Mm. And again, if you like go and try to find something and do find something, but it's not like, 
you know, break up a bowl, well, okay. then what does that mean? Well, my argument, though, is that, okay, so you went snooping on your partner, you found something mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, this is unacceptable. Like, maybe they've been cheating on me or lying to me or whatever. Yeah. And so I'm going to confront them and break up with them. I'm like, there was some other indicator that probably got you to snoop in the first place. Probably. Right. You I'm know, there assuming. was some other evidence. There were probably other I mean, opportunities maybe. for conversation or confrontation. Or um, is it just like, I'm really insecure right now. And so I'm going to like do something self-sabotage well, in a way. Too. People do that too. Yeah. To go and try to like get, you know, do a gotcha on my partner yeah. or something. Yeah. But anyways, in those instances, in my opinion, like when, people do have a moment of like, I, I snooped or I fucked up or I accidentally like told something in the heat of the moment about my partner's partner. And that is fucking this whole privacy thing up. What do you do? Well, first of all, apologize to the parties that were involved and were hurt by this. Admit to the wrongdoing. Yeah, well, didn't we talk about on some other episode about how like the the longer amount of time that goes by without like fessing up to something or coming clean about something, the worse it is, the more negative the impact is. Yeah, the worse the betrayal of trust. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. that's what it was. It was on the trust episode. So Um, maybe try to admit and apologize immediately as soon as possible. Yeah. 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 As soon as you realize that that because what I found at least is that in the times when I have you know, kind of earlier on been like, Hey, like there's this thing that I'm starting to feel like I'm keeping from you, for example, Mm -hmm. rather than even on the snooping side, on the other side that I feel like I've been keeping from you. And I I don't think that I should, but, but for whatever reason I have been, and I just wanted to be sure that wasn't something that I was keeping from you Mm -hmm. that a, a lot of the times, especially the earlier on that is oftentimes the reactions like, Oh yeah. Okay. Whatever. Like that's fine. I wasn't, I wasn't even concerned about that. Um, or it's just a casual like, okay, oh, cool. Thanks. You know, yeah, that's good to know. Cause I, I would have worried about that. So I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas those times when it's like, well, I'm too afraid of that. And so I just wait to this point where now it, now it feels really bad. Like mm-hmm. now there's this other, you know, whatever it is, like a friend or something that I did this one weekend that I've now kept from my mm-hmm. partner for a year. And then to talk about it, it's like, wait, what? Like, I'm going to say, wait, what? Because I got a little lost on your on your syntax well, there. Uh, no, I mean, yeah. Wait, what was the weekend? The weekend? What? If, if you did, if you, okay, if you slept with someone okay. on a weekend and then didn't tell or your like, partner or, or, about or, it for a year. Right. That, or, that, okay, or, then, or, or I'm like, saying something even found, more innocuous. Or like, yeah, you found out that... I don't know that you, your partner's partner slept with someone and then you told your partner about it and then didn't tell the original partner that you told your partner. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't confusing at all. No, I was even thinking of something like, like, you know, I, I was out doing this thing and I ended up going and like getting drunk with my friends, you know, like okay. we, we went out and got drunk and I didn't tell you that that's what I did that night. Oh, if it's mm. like then a couple of days later, like, hey, actually, like, this is what I did. That's one thing versus now months later. By the way, you remember that day that I did this thing that I said that I did? Right. I didn't. Yeah. Mm. Uh, assuming that, you know, you did just sort of in the moment, like you kind of lied about it or you misrepresented it. Yeah. It's like realize you did it and fess up to it and come clean sooner is going to be better than waiting till later and then it feels like even if it was nothing it's like well why were you keeping it then yeah and i think it's something that we can just do we can just sort of like lie on impulse 
or not share something for like not even a good reason and then end up in trouble because of it when we really didn't need to. Like we we cause ourselves a lot of suffering over nothing. It's funny because I think I was listening to a talk that or like to a lecture that Kathy Labriola was giving where she talked about the fact, I don't know, her approach on it was interesting because she mentioned, she's like, first of all, accept the fact that like in relationships, everyone lies at some point. Mm. And often it's, like lies out of habit or lies on impulse or sometimes it's like lies that <laughs> are told fear in the moment yeah fear in the moment before we even realize that we've told a lie yeah. um and the name of the game is like can you then catch yourself can you either be mm-hmm. like do you have the bravery to be like you know what i'm really sorry like that was a lie like that was a lie of impulse that. you know i was afraid like this is actually the truth which is like definitely take some guts mm-hmm. um For sure. or can you even better like catch yourself before can you be like you know what i just had the impulse to not tell you the truth mm-hmm. and that's scary however i do think that is such a good seed for a very important conversation, conversation. yeah you yeah because yeah. it can even be something like you know I know like a similar thing that we've talked about in the past is has had this reaction Mm. and I was worried about a similar reaction. Can Mm -hmm. we talk about that? So, you know, it for better or for worse, like not that this, it makes it okay. But because of that, I was like, fuck, I want to lie to you or not tell you something. Right. Well, I think that's an important part of, you know, something that you can do Mm -hmm. if there's been some kind of breach or some kind of fuck up. You know, it is important to have a conversation about, okay, how do we not let something like this happen again? What can we put in place to prevent it from happening again? And I know something that I've tried to be good about is when I have an experience of a partner I haven't had a lot of experiences of partners like straight up lying to me in the recent history, which is great. Yay for me. Um, Good for you. Yeah. More that like my experiences have been with like someone telling me something like later than Mm -hmm. I thought that they would or like kind of these like half truths or things like Mm -hmm. that. And, you know, I used to get really upset. I don't like I still do like still upsetting, you know, but I've also tried to take the tact of like just straight up asking in a compassionate and not like aggressive way, but kind of straight up asking like, you know, have I, you know, is there something that I could be doing to create an environment that feels safer Mm. to talk about these things sooner? Um, Or is there something specific that I have done that's made you not feel safe? Or is there a specific way I've reacted that's made you not feel safe? Um, That's a really impressive thing to put out there because I think so many people will want to get super defensive in the moment and be mm-hmm. like, well, why would you lie to me? Or yeah. like what instead it is, of, and it is hard because well, trust I know, me, like, of course, but instead of asking yeah. those questions and being like, Hey, like I recognize here that your, uh, your decision to do this in the moment was probably caused by something. Mm-hmm. And what was that? Can we have a conversation about that? And I recognize that I, might partially be to blame for that mm-hmm, decision. Mm-hmm, right. Um, which again, yeah, I mean, wh- that is our, our next thing here, which is just essentially saying like on either side of it, like don't blame instead, mm. like use nonviolent communication like Dedeker just described or whatever, or whatever, or whatever. Yeah. And, and kind of communication. Sorry, yes. Hack, yeah, non- like. Nonviolent is like not a thing anymore, but yeah. Um, but basically just to explain or discuss, what occurred Mm -hmm. in the moment. Um, 
And then also, yeah, discuss like how to move forward, Mm -hmm. how to maybe not let something like that happen again. Mm -hmm. Again, like, is it that I need to create an environment in which you feel comfortable enough to come to me about such a thing, even if it is scary? How can Mm -hmm. we breed a Mm -hmm. more uh, loving environment in which like you feel safe? And comfortable. Yeah. And this is definitely a time where it can be helpful to, to try to invite in some just like curiosity and mutual problem solving to yeah. be like, okay, what, like, what can we do? What kind of creative solution can we come up with to make it so that, you know, sharing something like this feels both safe for you and safe for me, Yeah, you know? Um, yeah. And I think you'd be surprised, like, if you bring that energy to it, like the solutions that you can come up with, at least yeah. that's been my personal experience. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Some really great insights. Even that question of like, is there anything that I could be doing to make you feel safer to share this? A lot of times the answer is like, Honestly, no, you've been great, but I still have in my head these old mm. beliefs about how partners would mm. react to something yeah. like this, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. So, but still, like having that. There's an acknowledgement of, there. Yeah, like let's solve this together yeah. instead of let's figure out who's to blame for this. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And one last note just know that, it, you know, to avoid keeping something secret doesn't mean that you have to go the opposite direction and put it all on blast publicly. You know, put it on blast. Does that what does that mean? It's like putting you on blast. Yeah, Fine. I think no, that means something different Fine. than you think to it means. To blast out publicly, I'll change my words. <laughs> to just Jeez. be like, this is a thing that As we an, do. It's not, like you don't need to print t-shirts. Y- yes, it's not. And this is something that I. This is something the t-shirt. I, honestly, it seems obvious, but this is something I had to learn in therapy, in learning to talk about like my own trauma and PTSD mm. and history. Was you know, my therapist told me that. I think because of social media, we're conditioned to kind of feel like we got to do a, a like a, a, a press pre- conference a press release, yeah. <laughs> and a press release for everything that happens in our lives. But yeah. like, that's not the case. It's like you can work on sharing things that feel private or that feel secret with people who are close to you, people that you trust, people that you feel safe with. And it doesn't mean that it has to suddenly, yeah, you don't have to make t-shirts yeah. and it doesn't have to become your identity. It doesn't have to, you know, so just wanted to put that out there as well, that it doesn't mean that, you know, choosing to, share a secret or share a secret or something private doesn't mean that it has to just be all out there. Like shared with everyone in the mm-hmm. world. Yeah. 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 That's great. We would love to hear from all of you about how has this shown up in your relationships? I mean, this is something that people are already talking about a lot in the patron group um, and have in the past. Um, it's just such a important topic for relationships uh, of all sorts, really. Um, and we would love to hear from you, like, what are your personal stories? What are some things you've discovered about yourself through this process? Or what are some things you realize after listening to this episode that you still struggle with in terms of privacy versus secrecy? The best place to share your thoughts with other listeners is on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook group and Discord chat. You can get access to these groups and join our private community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at info at multiamory.com, leave us a voicemail at 678-M-U-L-T-I-05, or you can leave us a voice message on Facebook. Multiamory is created and produced by Emily Matlack, Dedeker Winston, and me, Jace Lindgren. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Balvanera. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our production assistant is Nicole Samra. 
Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.